0: Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. We are kicking off the new year with Prepare 2020. Prepare is a time where we as a church intentionally seek after what God has for us by praying and fasting for three days. In addition to praying and fasting together, we'll also gather for three nights of worship, prayer, and encouraging messages from special guest speakers. As we kick off this new year, we hope you experience Jesus in a whole new way. This week, we have Pastor Jeff kicking off Prepare 2020. Well, welcome everyone to 2020. That's hard to believe, even as I say it. I thought we would be in like spaceships at this point. Come on now. It's just just kind of mind-blowing to think 2020. I spent some time over the break with my kids and it's like they, they think about 1980. Come on, people of the 80s. They think about that like we thought about 1940. It's like 1980, 1940, what's happening to our lives? But it is a new year and it is a new decade. I don't know if you've thought about that, but we're not just turning the page on a new year, but we're turning the page on a new decade and God has things prepared for us. So we wanna set aside some time to prepare our hearts and lives for everything that he has for us in the new year. And in the new decade, I wanna welcome those watching online, those watching by video at our Keller campus. And I'm excited about where God's going to take us over the next few days. I'm gonna ask if you would, in your bulletin as you came in, there's this prayer guide. It's also question and answers and different information as well online. But this will be our tool for the next few days. This is a tool for you personally, it's also going to be a tool for us corporately because there's a dimension of this that is going to be individual and what God's gonna do in your life individually, but there's also a journey that God's taking us on together and we call it PREPARE, it's PREPARE 2020. This has become a distinctive for our church. It's something that we've done all along the way in the journey and in the life of our church. It's something that is is shaping really, it shapes us as individuals, it shapes us as a church family and it gets us in touch with some very powerful things as we do this together. I'll explain more as we go along here today as I have the opportunity to kick us off and get us started on this few day journey that we're gonna take together. We started Milestone Church 17 years ago, and we started with something like prepare. Uh, when you come into maybe a small group or a service, if you sense God's presence, you sense something different. Um, we, we would like to think that it's maybe our strategies or ability, and of course, there's some of the most awesome people you've ever met, some of the friendliest, most life-giving people you've ever met that call Milestone Church home. I, I feel like I'm the most privileged pastor on the planet uh, to be able to just be a part of what God's doing with you. But really, the game changer is God's spirit and God's presence dwelling among us. And we set the stage at the start of the year to continue to do what we did years ago, Years ago, before we had a permanent building right here in Trophy Club, we had a little small old church that was kind of maintenance ridden and broke down a little bit and they let us use it. And Friday nights we'd pray together from 10 o'clock. We a lot of us had young kids at that time. People would drop all their kids off at my house and we'd go at 10 o'clock, sometimes till two or three in the morning and we were praying for you. We were praying for now what what started in the spiritual we're seeing in the natural happen on a day-to-day basis. We started then, we gathered, people dropped their kids off at my house. We prayed that when we got home, I still had a house because uh, all those kids were there just taking over. And, and, uh, and then as we grew along and were able to add more dimensions to it and add different ways and have some services and stuff, uh, so we've been doing this for a long time. And, and I know that if you'll join in with it, God will touch you. And no matter where you're at in your journey with God, just starting out, or maybe you're investigating the things of God, or you've walked with God for some time, what I do love about this time of year is it touches all of us at no matter what place we're at. Because we never outgrow our need to go to God and connect with Him. I wanna say thank you to you for all of your service, your generosity, the way you love people intensely. This is a church that serves and loves people in an intense manner and it makes a difference in the lives of people. Our Christmas season here at Milestone, really the whole month, all of December. Um, Thank you for all of you that put in the extra energy and effort to watch kids, to park cars, to serve people. We had 17 services on three campuses lots and lots of people that came, but more than just the lots and lots of people. As I read the Bible, there's a real focal point on a decision that people make to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life and to accept Him and the final payment He made on the cross and that He is an alive Jesus today and resurrected from the dead. And He saves us for all eternity. Heaven is a real place, hell is a real place and eternity is a long time. And I'm thankful that you take that very serious. And over our Christmas services, our 17 services over the Christmas Eve period alone, we had over 300 people make Jesus Christ their personal Lord and Savior. And that's a great place to clap. Because that matters. So thank you for your service. Thank you for what happened during Christmas. I'm gonna ask you if you have your Bibles to turn with me to 1 Corinthians 2.9. We're gonna stop there and then I wanna take a little moment to tell you a Bible story that emphasizes what we're gonna do the next few days as we gather, as we fast. I'll talk to you about what that is as we pray. Mark 9.21, I'm gonna take you right into the heart of a story where Jesus makes that an emphasis point. A little preparation goes a long way. Little preparation goes a long way. Can you think about some things in life that you spent no time preparing for and you wished when you got in it, you would have prepared a little bit more? Maybe something in school, maybe something in life, maybe something like marriage. I don't know what it is, but as life comes, a little preparation makes a big difference. And this is a time of year, especially with it being a new decade, that you guys are preparing. You're preparing financially. You're preparing in your professional life. You're making goals. You're setting strategies. You're setting plans. You're kind of thinking about, okay? It's a big deal. Everybody just add 10 years to your age. You're like, I'm fasting and praying, Pastor. I'm I'm, I'm in. I'm in. You don't even have to preach your message. I'm in. I mean, just add 10 years to your age and think, man, it's going to go by so fast. So you're thinking about those years. You're thinking about those moments. You're thinking about, okay, what do I need to stop, start, change? And, and, and can I talk to you as a pastor for a minute? Every, everyone in your world, your financial advisors, and thank God for them, and coaches, and counselors, and teachers, and all the great things that are gonna come. Trainers, the gym will fill up in the next couple of weeks. Be a ghost town in February. I'm gonna get in shape this year. You need a trainer, you need a coach, you need to prepare, you need to know how to do that. Can I talk to you as a pastor? The most important preparation you make for the next decade is spiritual preparation because everything in your life flows out of your heart. All the issues of your life flow from in here So if you are prepared financially and physically and socially and relationally and in your hobbies and all the great things you want, if you get all of it but you're dead spiritually, you're in trouble. So to prepare for this next time and season, we need to prepare spiritually and everything goes better with a little preparation. It just works that way. Think about a time I took my son. I love the outdoors, love to hunt. I took my son, he was a teenager, 15 years old. I took him to Kansas. December it can get real cold, right? So when I'm heading into something that I've experienced where you have froze and you've been frozen before, it's like, I'm gonna make some preparation. So I took extra gloves, I take extra hand warmers, body warmers, foot warmers, clothes, thermals. I had extra, because see, I have a 15-year-old, right? And at that time, he knew everything. He knows everything except how to freeze, right? He didn't know what I knew, that it's gonna be cold in Kansas. You're gonna wake up one morning, you look across the horizon, you see the back of your head. The north wind starts coming and that wind cuts through every layer of clothes that you have. And when you're in the outdoors and you're out there for hours and you start getting cold and you just can't get warm. And so we got up that morning to get ready to go out and he knows everything. I said, son, you need some more clothes. Dad, I'm good. Oh, no, you're going to need some more clothes. Let me give you these hand warmers. Let me give you this. And so I had actually brought, brought a portable heater that has a, a gas propane ability to, to heat. And I had one and he had one. You're going to need this heater. No, I'm good, dad. Trust me, you're going to want this heater. That morning, the north wind came. Wind chills down in the single digits. I put him out in his little blind. I gave him my parka. I have a camo parka. It's got goose down on the inside of it because as I've gotten older, I'm getting better stuff because I wanna be prepared. I let him use it as a good father that I am. It took me like 45 years to get that parka, but I'm giving it to him because that's what good dads do because you don't know what you're talking about. You're dumb, you're 15, you don't know what you're saying. You're gonna freeze your behind off. Take my parka. Put him out there in the little blind. I left for several hours. I came back, I look in the little window there. There's nobody in there. I'm scared. I'm like, what happened? It's freezing cold. Did he leave? What happened? So I slowly start moving toward the blind. I hear rustling on the inside. He's in the bottom of the blind, hugging the heater. (laughs) Ah. He stands up. My parka is melted on the front. (laughs) I still have the parka. It only zips three quarters of the way now, because that's what dads do with their sons. They use their socks, they use their stuff, they use their vehicles, they burn their parkas, they run their zippers. All of you dads of young kids, get ready, that's what you're gonna face. You have nothing that is personal to you. Gosh, I feel better. (laughs) When you know what you're facing, you do a little more preparation. Here's what I know. Over the next few days, I don't know when it's gonna happen, but if you'll prioritize what I'm telling you, maybe during a service, maybe as you write down on your prayer card, maybe as you're getting up in the morning, you're spending time with God, maybe when you're driving down the road, I don't know, God's gonna speak to you. He's gonna encourage you. He's gonna meet you with His presence. And what's going to happen is, because of the things He's prepared for you out ahead of you, He's gonna put some things inside of you. He's gonna put some deposits in you that you're going to need. Because here's what I've learned. We go into 2020. I bet I've had 10 people tell me, Pastor, 2020, praise God, 2020, it's the year. It's gonna be awesome. 2020 is gonna be awesome. Well, here's what I've learned. If 2020 is gonna be awesome, there's some awesome challenges that await us. There's some awesome challenges awesome struggles and problems that you can't analyze your way out of, that you can't figure your way out of, that you can't know all the answers, but if you have a spiritual deposit from God, you'll be ready. First Corinthians two nine says this, however as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived. You haven't strategized your way into this. You haven't will-powered your way into this. The things God has prepared for those who love him. Why are we doing the next few days? Oh, it's gonna take some effort. No, no, make no mistake. If you really fast, you're gonna be hungry at the end of the day, then you're gonna fight traffic and you're gonna get here and there's crowds of people and you're like, oh man, this is busy and you've got a prayer card and it's gonna take some effort. Well, here's a thought. If you want something you've never had, you may have to do something you've never done. If you want last year, just be bop along and do what you did last year. Just skate right on into to all your meetings. Just skate right on in to all your agenda items. Just move right on into to all the stuff you have planned or not out of religious obligation, you say, God, I wanna love you more. Because we can't conceive what God has prepared for those who will turn their hearts toward him and say, God, I love you. If you're gonna have a great year and a great decade, you're gonna have to have a great year and a great decade in your relationship with God. You have to say, I wanna make you first. I wanna return to my first love. I wanna love you first more than I love my objectives. What He has prepared for those who love Him. Those are, these are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. So we're gonna enter into a few days of experiential walk with God. He's like, why do we do these things? Why do we do the prayer card? Why do we fast? Why do we pray? Because we're now moving into not just information, but revelation. Because there's things he'll reveal to you by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now look at this, this is very important. Because again, we're not just trying to have religious duty. This is not legalism. Legalism is when you're doing stuff and you believe if you'll do it right, then you'll gain favor from God. That's not the heart we're having. It's God, we love you, we wanna seek you, we wanna see what you have prepared for us, so we wanna experientially relate to you. What we have received is not the spirit of the world. We're gonna disconnect from the way the world works. We're gonna disconnect from the spirit of the world, but connect to the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. See, when you experience God, when you experience Him, some of you have not ever done this, and I'm gonna tell you, it's one of my most exciting things every year, when, when, you, when people say, man, I'm just gonna kinda take a risk here. And I'm gonna do this. It's very powerful. So a lot of us have grown up with cerebral religion, It's he who knows the most is the most mature. No, 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 the Bible shows that it's not he who knows the most, it's he who who can actually live what they know. Can they actually live it experientially? You know what your kids want from you? Not your arguments and your theological rants. They wanna see a Jesus in you that works. They wanna see a Jesus in you with life, with power. They wanna see the evidence of the Holy Spirit working in you. So number one thing you can give your kids when they leave your house, is not that they know about God, but they know how to talk to God. They know how to interact with God. They know how to receive from God's word. If we're gonna give it to them, we gotta know how to do it ourselves. Do we know God? That's what we're gonna do, experientially. I'm, I'm teaching my youngest right now. She and I, when I put her to bed, I'm talking to her about the person of the Holy Spirit. How do you interact with the Holy Spirit? Jesus says, it's to your advantage that I leave because I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit who's gonna guide you. You're like, I don't get anything from the Bible. Well, it helps when you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's the one who reveals to you what you're reading. If it's just a book with a bunch of stories that you're trying to critique, by the way, we don't critique it, it critiques us. So we start interacting with God in a fresh and a life-giving way. Again, that takes some trust. Some of you didn't grow up in atmospheres and homes where you could trust authority figures. You've been hurt, which makes you skeptical, which makes you resistant, and you superimpose that on God. Can I encourage you? Anything that God says is biblical, anything God has for you and God's nature is good, if he calls you into something, even though it may be scary for you, it's going to be good. It's gonna be good. He has something for you. I'm teaching my youngest about the Holy Spirit. We have a little poster. I put her to bed. We put the poster up there. We're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. That's the poster. It sits right at the front of her bed. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit because she's gonna leave my house in this decade. I want her to know how to talk to God. I've learned that there's no amount of external pressure that can get her to walk out the things and the plans that God has for her life and to do right and all of that. Look, once they get a car, parents, it's over. All they have is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So we're learning about the Holy Spirit this whole year. So she likes the markers right now. I'm trying to get her to like the information a little bit, but she picked out the colors. So she talks about what color we're gonna use. I let her have a vote on that. So we started a little bit with the green and she said, Dad, we need to start putting some red in there, the blue. So we started with the Holy Spirit as God. You're like, are you doing this because you're a preacher? No, you can do this. Just, just just, Google right there, make sure it's out of the Bible, not just somebody else, but you can just use some kind of app today and just look up the Holy Spirit, make sure there are verses in the Bible and just list all of them and just start talking to your kids about them. And we just started in Genesis. The Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. And so we're talking about the Holy Spirit was there before creation. And then it says, let us make man in our own image. We spent a couple, four or five days on the fact that the Trinity is there in Genesis. Believe it or not, the whole Trinity, the Holy Spirit was there when God made man. And so that was kind of something we talked about. And then I got to get her to the understanding that this is not your preacher dad trying to get you just to get preacher information because I don't want you to grow up in a preacher house where we just preach about stuff, but we're gonna talk to the Holy Spirit. We're gonna learn who the Holy Spirit is and you're gonna pray and I'm gonna pray and we're gonna ask him what he's saying because I want you to know him. I want you to know him, I want you to relate to him. So we had to spend like a week and a half on the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person. So that stayed blank for like five days and I have a bunch of scribble out there to the side because I'm trying to make sure. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit as a person for like five days. And and I left it blank because I would ask her, the Holy Spirit is a, and she said, he's a vapor. (laughs) And I said, he's not a vapor. She said, well, dad, you know, you remember like two years ago when I was little and you were trying to describe to me how the Trinity works and you went in the bathroom and you turned on the shower and it was hot water and it like filled the vapor and you told me the Holy Spirit was a vapor. I was like, forget that, I was a heretic then. We don't believe that anymore. We don't believe that. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit is a person. He'll come in the next few days. He'll talk to you. He'll speak to you. He'll challenge you. He'll grow you. He'll bring you into a new dimension of what He has for you. Would you like to know some of the things that He has for you in 2019, 2020? the next decade, would you like to know some of those things? Would you like to be ready for some of the challenges and some of the opportunities? Would you like to be prepared? Well, if you'll turn your attention in his direction, he'll turn his attention towards you because he would want nothing more than to spend the next few days with you, to talk to you, to encourage you. I know of a guy, I heard from one of our pastors, there's a guy in one of his groups or connected to him. He said, this guy named Sean, he's a financial planner, he's taking the next three days off just to be with him. You're like, well, I can't do that, Pastor. I'm kind of with you. I'm like, we just took like a bunch of days off. I've eaten enough food, watched enough football. It's like, I gotta do something. Pretty radical, though. I mean, I've, no, I've not heard of anybody doing that. Sean said, my year is so important and my decade is so important, I'm clearing everything off my schedule to be with God. We may want Sean's decade. We may actually want his life. Cause he's saying this is a priority and I'm gonna prioritize God. I'm gonna prepare for what he has for me. Now, some of you are like, okay, we're gonna take three days. We have these meetings each night and we're gonna pray. And you keep using this word fast, fast. What is that pastor? What does that look like? I don't know, is that like biblical? How does that work? Well, actually it's a biblical pattern all the way through scripture. We see in the Old Testament multiple times where leaders, due to the need for provision or protection or a situation or, or even looking at cultural decline or, or, or great challenges from the enemy, there would be this call to fast and pray and God would manifest himself and show up all the way through the Bible. We see Jesus himself go into the wilderness and pray and fast. So we see an individual component of it, but all the way through the book of Acts, we see the church where they would fast, they would pray, they would seek God. And so we see it as a biblical pattern all the way through. And so I could show you multiple passages. I could even bring you to Jesus's most famous sermon in the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says, when you, he's giving several of these things that people who follow him do. When you give, when you this, when you this, not if, When you fast, do it this way. I could take you to all of that, but I'd like to go to Mark chapter nine because here's what I've learned as a pastor and I've learned about my own life. We do what we wanna do. We do what we wanna do, so God's gotta affect our emotions and our want to. So some of you may be like, now wait a minute, is that just for the elite Christian? Is that just for the super spiritual person? Why would I wanna do that? Maybe this story could provide for you some motivation. The story starts, I love it in Mark 9, it starts with Jesus takes some of his closest disciples up on a mountain. It's called the Mount of Transfiguration because when they get up there, Jesus like literally becomes like transfigured into this totally different, it's like just kind of like angelic appearance. And God out of heaven speaks and says, this is my son, do what he says. The disciples are like, wow, what an encounter. You know, every time you go up on the mountain with Jesus, every time you go into a mountaintop experience, I promise you this, if you do the next two or three days, you're gonna finish. You're gonna finish and go, man, that was powerful. That was, God touched me. Every time we turn our hearts toward God and say, hey, I'm ready to meet with you and I wanna love you, God does something significant. It's powerful, but what's really cool is the disciples have a mountaintop moment and they say, hey, let's build some tents. Let's live here. But Jesus And there's some of you who are like, man, I really get the presence of God. We need to always remember the presence of God is not just to leave you in a place where you camp out around the transfigured Jesus, it's to go down the mountain and do the mission. So they leave the mountaintop and go down. When they get down there, there's some disciples fighting with the scribes. That's our culture today. That's religious culture. If we could just get people to get the right information, then they would change. But we don't change just by getting the right information. We change when our hearts change. And so there's these people down there fighting and Jesus is like, that's a waste of time. You wanna know something you can leave behind in the next decade is so much "Ah, more doing, more acting, more living, more being, less arguing. They're over there fighting. Jesus goes and finds somebody to help. He goes and finds somebody to help. There's a dad there. He's got a son who's been troubled and plagued by a demonic presence. And they're over, this, this demonic demon is, is, is manifesting and Jesus, I love Jesus, he's so just awesome, just the way he even relates. He came up to the father of this young boy and he said, how long has this been happening to him? What a powerful question. And he said, from childhood, and often it has thrown him into, both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. You know what the world's crying out for? not more argumentative people, but more people who have compassion who can bring help. Help us, Jesus said to him. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So Jesus says, you have a participation in this. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, I I need you to help my unbelief. Isn't that so raw and honest and real, I can relate to that. It's like, man, I want to believe Pastor Jeff, fasting and praying and seeking God, and God will show up in 2020 and the next... Help my unbelief, Lord. Lord, I believe that you created the universe. I believe you fashioned me in my mother's womb. I believe, but will you help my unbelief? So real, so honest, and God's okay with that. When Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed in him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, So that many said, he is dead, he's laying there lifeless, but Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, I love these moments in Scripture, he debriefs with the disciples. Put yourself in there and go, you're over here with Jesus going, what was that? Some of you are even now doing it, what is that? Jesus pulls them over, they're privately over there, and they go, why could we not cast it out? Now they've been doing some ministry. They've been doing some stuff. They've kind of been in the game. They're like, like, why could we not do what we just saw? Jesus, he said to them, "This kind come out by nothing but prayer and fasting." Some of you listen to that and you're like, "Okay, wait a minute, Pastor. Are We like setting a form, formula here, a, a, an equation, a a box. Now that like, okay, so what you're saying is, is like, you know, if I'm going to go into this area and realm, then I've got to know this. It's, it, it, I think it's bigger." It's bigger. What Jesus consistently did with the disciples was led them to a place where they were at the end of themselves and their current level of ability based on who they were that they could handle the situation. For Jesus knew where they were going. Jesus knew where they're heading. Not many days later, he's gonna die on a cross. He's gonna resurrect from the dead. Not many days later, he's gonna end up, they're gonna be the ones leading the church in the book of Acts. And so he's giving a principle here that if Jesus sees where you're going, he knows that to go where he's called you to go, your current level of dependency on him is not gonna cut it. There's gonna be moments, some of you are like, well good, I don't need that prayer and fasting thing. Uh, I don't plan on encountering any demon-possessed boys. Unless you have one in your house. So what I'm saying is, you might just try to say, well, I'm not gonna be introduced to that specific situation, but again, it's bigger than the specific situation. Jesus wants to bring us to a new level of dependency on him and connection to him to prepare us for what he has ahead of us. Some of you may be saying, what is fasting? Fasting is simply this, restricting food for a spiritual purpose. It's restricting food, when you read the Hebrew word, the Greek word literally means to restrict food. There's people who say I'm fasting television. I guess it's okay if you're starting out, we probably should fast television, but the word fasting means to restrict food. Now, I understand there are medical things that some people have, and so I'm not, again, trying to set just a formula and not to put condemnation on people, but at the end of the day, it's restricting food. It's it's getting yourself to a place where you rely less on this physical thing and you build a spiritual connection with God, okay? Some of you are like, restrict food. You're talking about not eat. Of course, we need to drink water, need to have fluids, you know, it's like not eat. Can you, if you say fluids, pastor, well, what does that include? Well, blenders are stronger now. You can put steak, potatoes, all that in there. (laughs) Um, it's, It's really about you saying, okay, God, I'm willing to go there. No one likes to eat more than me. I'll out, I'll out eat all of you. But There's a principle we see here from Scripture by saying no to this, I'm saying yes to Jesus, not in a legalistic fashion, it's restricting food. The second thing is, how long are we gonna fast? We're gonna start Sunday evening, we'll start tonight after dinner, so eat everything in sight for lunch this afternoon, eat as much as you can, Sunday evening after dinner, and then Wednesday night after the evening service, If you own a restaurant in Keller, we would like a portion of that given back to Milestone Church because there are gonna be thousands of hangry people that are gonna flood every, and eat hamburgers, pizza, everything in sight. So Wednesday after the service. Why do we do this together? Well, there's again a biblical pattern of us fasting together and we experience unique benefits when we we do that uh, together. It's just hard to even describe how that works. Now I wanna tell you, after years of doing this, it's amazing to me. I started with the first prayer card. In fact, you in your book there, you'll have a prayer card where you can write out things. I encourage you to keep it with you over the next few days. I had an original prayer card when we started Milestone Church, and I look back on it, I'm amazed at praying and asking God just to provide for us, just provide for these people who have moved here. And praying, it was very minimal in comparison to what God has done now because He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ever ask or think. But in those early days, we were asking for some very basic, simple things. We started praying for you. You may have never thought about this before, but year after year after year, there have been people praying for you and praying for people that they've never met. I remember praying for every staff member that we have on staff. In fact, I had to trade out my card two or three years ago and get a new card because all of it, there's no space to write anymore from all the answered prayers and the things God spoke to me and changed. It's amazing when I look back over the years. See, when you build a history with God, some of you need to start now building these moments, building this history with God where you're relating with Him and connecting with Him. And we all still need to come to that place over the next few days. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear what's going on in your life. I look back, I'm praying over my kids, my kids' college, I'm praying now they're in college. Now I'm praying for their spouses and I'm praying for my grandchildren and I'm praying for everyone. He wants to hear everything that's on your heart. I got things over the last seven, eight days. I got one thing I've been concerned about. You got anything you're concerned about? I just bring it to Jesus. Jesus, I'm concerned about this. He goes, son, I got it. 10 minutes later, Jesus, I'm concerned about this. Told you I got it. Five minutes later, I'm concerned about this. Still the same answer, I got it. But I sure like hearing you tell me that you got it, Jesus. Are you with me? He's okay with you even coming back. He doesn't get mad. He never tells me, please, Jeff, quit telling me that. I want you to know I'm concerned about this, Jesus. I don't know what else to do about it. I got it. I got it. You're my son, I got it. He wants you to bring that to him, not just some far off distant religious God, but a Jesus and a Holy Spirit that wants to personalize your experience so you can talk to him about your fears, your children, your concerns, your worries. That's what we're gonna do over the next few days. We're gonna bring it to him. We're gonna be with him, which is the most powerful part of it all. After years of doing it, here's some things I believe you can expect. Number one, you can expect some power that you don't have. How many people could use some more power for what you're gonna face this next next decade in this next year? For you shall receive power, Acts 1-8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. There's power available that many times we're not accessing. You say, well, what does fasting and praying have to do with that? Well, I think about one instance, Acts chapter 12, those guys that were up the mountain with Jesus, one of them's dead, James. The whole church is scared to death because one of them is dead. What do they do? They get together, they start fasting, they start praying, this church, they start praying, seeking God. Peter's been put in chains and in prison. While they're fasting and praying, go read it yourself in Acts chapter 12, while they're fasting and praying, an angel goes and unlocks the shackles from Peter and releases him from prison There's a knock on the door, like, who's that? Opens it up. They said, it's Peter. They don't even believe it is Peter. Peter shows up. Man, what if what we're praying for, it's like, wow, boom, check that off. What's the next request? They're fasting and praying. They're doing extraordinary things, out-of-the-box things, things that maybe some people would think, man, that's a little crazy, and God's doing crazy stuff. It's a powerful thing, there's power available. Last year, in the middle of our prayer and fasting time, I woke up one morning and I felt like the Holy Spirit said I wanna heal people. So I called some of our pastors and that night we had a time for people to come forward. It's actually one of the top two requests we get all year is people in need of physical healing. So we started just praying for people. In the middle of that time, there's a guy in the audience named Scott, I saw him after the last service, came up to me, said, man, I really wanna tell my testimony of what God did. It changed my life, it changed my marriage, it changed my relationship with God. He had gone to a sleep doctor because he was having a lot of challenges and trouble and heart issues, operating while he slept on 83% oxygen. The doctor told him, said, there's no fix for this, he's 31 years old, you're gonna be on oxygen every time you sleep, you're gonna have to chew this, this this, he happened to show up that night and he said, he's an attorney, so he's skeptical. Some of you, you know, again, God needs to be bigger than your skepticism. Like like the Bible changes our skepticism. He said, well, I've never gone forward. Like I'd be embarrassed to go forward. He said, i was kind of skeptical anyway about all that. How many of you know you get a big enough problem? He said, you know what? I'm going forward. So he went, waited 30 minutes in line. We'd like to be a little more full service, but sometimes it happens that way. But 30 minutes, he's waiting in line. He waits and then the pastor prays for him and, Y'all do know in James five sixteen it says, if anyone among you is sick, call together the elders of the church, anoint the sick person, they'll be made well. That's in the B-I-B-L-E Bible, book. It's not, it may seem crazy, but it's in the book. And so he comes forward, he goes back to the sleep doctor. The sleep doctor is amazed. Up until this point, his oxygen, 98% in the right range. It's a miracle. Josh and Kalen, they're believing to have a baby They've been been over and over, lots of prayer and challenges and circumstances, a lot of circumstances relating to that. They're believing to have a child. So they say, look, prepare, we're gonna fast, we're gonna pray, we're gonna believe. I don't understand why God doesn't heal everyone. We could sit and postulate for hours. I could preach message after message on that. But what I do know is he's able. And I do know that sometimes just our ability to just be willing to just say, God, here we are and bring it before him. Sometimes he does things in those atmospheres. And that was one of those times. They brought it to God. God did something miraculous. They ended up in a 301 group with four couples. Three out of the four, including them, were praying and believing God over infertility issues. They prayed with one another at prepare. They prayed and encouraged each other in their 301 group. One baby was born in November. One is due in March and they're due in July. Because why? God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Nothing is impossible with our God. There's power available if we're willing to seek God for it. Second of all is purity. I want you to have this thought over the next few days, okay? We a lot of times get so vision oriented. Next weekend I'm gonna preach a vision message and we start thinking about vision and we start thinking about what's, in the, what's ahead of us and that's exciting. But I will tell you this, to go into everything that God has for you in 2020 means you have to leave some things behind in 2019. To go to the new place God has for you, there's a new level of purity. We always say, God, I want you to do more in me. I want you to do more through me, and God's always saying, but I wanna start with doing some stuff in you. So so he's like, God, I wanna do these great and mighty things, and God's like, I wanna do a great and mighty work in your heart. On the back of my phone for two years, I've had one of the scriptures, I keep some things on the back of my phone, and one of them is blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God, purify my heart, protect the innocence of my heart. I wanna stay in that same place with you. I wanna be close to you. So God will purify you to prepare you for what he has and some of the purposes that he's called you to. You say, is that in the Bible? 2 Timothy 2.20 says in a large house, there's articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some are for common use. It says this, remember we all say, man, I wanna do those special things God has for me in the next year and in the next decade those who cleanse themselves from the latter, he's about to tell you what he's about to say we need to cleanse ourselves from, will be instruments for special purposes. This is not about salvation, this is about sanctification and being what God wants you to be, to be prepared for what he's called you to. Made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And I encourage you with something? There's some things God wants you to leave behind. I don't know what it is. Addictions, habits, offenses, attitudes, things that you've gotten upset about, the way you look at people. By the way, in our world today, we need to know this. Look, the devil will always talk to you about others. The Holy Spirit will talk to you about you. Hey, 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 quit being so concerned with somebody else's stuff. I wanna talk to you about your stuff. I wanna talk to you about your heart. I wanna purify your motives. I wanna purify your perspective. I wanna work on your heart. The next few days, look, let's not worry about everybody else. Say, so God, what do, you wanna, what do you want out of me? Is there any unclean things? Is there anything in the way of our relationships? Is there anything, by the way, it may not even be sin. There may be things that are allowed that just aren't profitable that aren't beneficial. And so he may say, you know what, for where you're going, we gotta leave that behind. You're like, well, is that legalistic? Remember, legalistic is doing something out of an obligation so that God will love you. But a relationship with a living God is, I love you so much, yes. And I know you love me, so you're gonna help me to really leave that behind, purify our hearts. We're not trying to trend. We're not trying to go viral. We're not trying just to get to this next place of popularity position. What we're trying to do is say, God, we want a pure heart before you. And when you fast and pray, it disconnects you from the spirit of the world and it causes you to begin to get in line with the presence of God that will purify you. The third thing is purpose. We all have things God's called us to. There's nothing more beautiful than a person who's connected to the presence of God where God reveals to you the gifts he's put inside of you and you start using them for his purposes. Let me tell you, you are an awesome version of the you God's created you to be. You're a terrible version of somebody else. You're a terrible version of somebody else's expectations. But when you begin to understand this is what he's put inside of me, this is the season of my life and I'm gonna use it for his glory, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. He'll start revealing to you those purposes. As you begin to seek him, I guarantee you this, he's gonna show you things to put down there, things he's called you to, ways he's gonna organize. You will begin to say, okay, I'm gonna say no to that. I'm gonna say no to this, I'm gonna say yes to who you've called me to be. Every time I read in scripture and encounter with the presence of God, it leads to a greater level of purpose and mission. It will lead you to a greater level of purpose and mission. So, and then I wanna end before I pray for you with just giving you some things that we, cause this is a we fast and pray time, that we're gonna pray for together, pre-service prayer all week long. And I'm gonna ask you to pray for it all year long. Because sometimes you may be amazed by this, your individual purposes will be connected to the purposes of the kingdom. When you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, you'll begin to see a greater fulfillment of the purpose He's called you to, and that's why God makes us a family and makes us the church. Let me give you some of those, and I'm gonna ask you to pray with me about them. Number one, we're believing for salvations and baptisms. Almost 1,500 people gave their heart and life to Jesus Christ in our midst this year. And so we're believing for that. I know some of you have friends, you have family members, you want them to change. You're looking at where they're headed. Until they get right with Jesus, until Jesus starts to begin to rule and reign in the hearts of their life, until they make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, everything on the external cannot produce lasting change. So we're joining you in praying. This is not just some subjective person or people across the globe. We're praying for your friends, your neighbors, your children, our children, our friends, our neighbors, we're praying for them this year to come to know Jesus Christ. The second thing is our Keller Campus expansion. Because we have, we're reaching people and, and, and there's people coming, we, we set out on a vision this last year in the spring to expand this auditorium by 900 seats, to add a new kids facility, to add new parking. And I wanna thank all of you for your generous giving You've given $5.1 million in just a few months. Thank you for being obedient to God and caring about people that you've never met. Thank you for your generosity. It's amazing. And so just pray for us as we have some meetings with the city here this month, and we're believing to be able to kick this project off so that we can continue to reach people. The third is I'm happy to announce and excited in December we signed the agreement. Milestone College will be accepting students in the fall of 2020. And you say, what is it? It's a, it's a degree program for ministry students and we are accepting students. We're in partnership with Oral Roberts University. We're the Dallas-Fort Worth regional site. So it's accredited degree program to raise up the next generation of pastors, worship leaders, children's directors and people because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So we as a church family are excited about this. Are you excited about it? I'm really pumped about it. Let's give God a round of applause. And you can go online and see Q and you see some questions and answers about that. Our Hazlitt campus, pray for us about that. We had services in Hazlitt for Christmas Eve. We had 800, almost 800 people at our first services in Hazlitt. And because of your generosity and our team that manages money well, we bought 10.6 acres in Hazlitt off of 156, paid cash because of your generosity, $1.2 million. And we're now beginning to pray and ask God to provide for the facilities so that we can continue to reach that area for Jesus because we believe that God has given us a regional impact and an ability to touch people and lives. Just think about it, what you've experienced We wanna make that experience available for others. Our next generation, we're a multi-generational church. We wanna reach the next generation, so we wanna be praying for them. We're gonna continue to have our camps, retreats, and ways to serve the next generation. Built to Last, we're praying for that. Next weekend, I'll do a vision message. We'll kick off Built to Last. Can I encourage some of you to consider being a small group leader for Built to Last so that we can serve the people that are gonna come. In this time of year, people start coming back to church, and so we're excited about that, and equipping. I want you to keep praying. Jesus didn't say, just go reach the lost, but he said, make disciples. Here's something really cool. Almost 1,500 people come into Christ, but 1,180 entering our growth track. So we're not just reaching people, we're building people. Thank you to all of you that serve in the grow Track Freedom this year, about a thousand people participating in freedom, helping people get free from addictions and bondages. So we're not just reaching people, we're building people. You say, how can I participate, Pastor? Here's how. Number one, fill out your prayer card. You may wanna, again, fill this out in your guide. You may also wanna fill out one on the back wall where we'll be praying over those. We'll have noon prayer, our staff will pray. And so you may wanna fill out a card for a need so that we as a church family can join together in prayer. I'm gonna ask you to fast. You say, man, I've never done that. If you want something you've never had, you may have to do something you've never done. So I wanna encourage you to participate with us. Join in, it'll be an awesome time. And the third thing is come to pre-service prayer. You know, I'm excited about the services, but I honestly, really what I get most excited about is seeing all of you show up here early, six o'clock and pray. Some of you are like, I don't really know how to pray. A lot of people, if they're honest, you know, if you're really honest, you're like, I, I just kinda, you know, Jesus, thank you for my kids. Come on now. The disciple said, Lord, teach us to pray. He gave them a format, but let me tell you, you know how you learn to pray? Get around people that are praying. So I would encourage you to come to pre-service prayer and as we pray together, and we're gonna put points on the screen and we pray with one another and you'll have your card. I promise you. We'll we'll, we'll coach you along. You don't have to be highly skilled. I wanna wanna encourage you to come to pre-service prayer. It's gonna be a powerful time. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this moment. Let's Let's just bring our hearts before the Lord right here in this final moment and say, Lord, we wanna go on these next few days, not as an activity. Lord, we wanna bring our hearts to you. Lord, I thank you that you're calling us as a church into these next few days. I thank you that I have confidence, Lord, That if we draw near to you, you're gonna draw near to us. And you're gonna meet every single person. You're gonna speak to them. You're gonna encourage them. You're gonna comfort them. Lord, you're gonna give us insight. 2020 is not just a destination, Lord, I know that you're calling us to. It's also a perspective that you wanna give us. It's your perspective. You wanna reveal to us by your spirit things that you only know that we can't figure out. So we give this time to you. We dedicate it to you. Thank you for being here with us.